Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. So, you know, if you do want to follow along, we're going to be in Proverbs and Deuteronomy and, um, let me, oh yeah, Romans. So, um, if you want to follow along, but we'll, we'll read it. So, uh, you know, not a lot of people, unless you've been really coming or watching Save the Cowboy for about 10 years, um, not a lot of people know that before me and my family moved up here, we were uh, fostering a little four-year-old daughter um, named Rebecca. Her parents' uh, rights were being taken away, and the only way I agreed to do this is if we could adopt her, because I just, I don't deal very well with getting attached to something and then giving it back. So I said, yeah, I'll take her, but I get to keep her. And they were like, okay, you know, because the parents, you know, they were supposed to do all of this stuff that, uh, you know, to get her back, and they hadn't done anything, and they had like a six-month time frame, and it was like two weeks before the hearing. And so we talked to them about, okay, if the parents' rights are, you know, uh, relinquished, can we still take her to Colorado? Can we transfer it up there? Everything was set. Everything was set. But uh, she was the funniest little girl. Um, It was kind of strange because, uh, man, she latched on to me, and the poor girl with another foster family she had, uh, they got her to do what they wanted with candy. If you do this, I'll give you a piece of candy. If you do that, I'll give you a piece of candy. This poor girl's teeth were rotten. It does work for you, Ty? Okay. All right. Everybody bring butterscotch. And so anyway, her breath was just rancid most of the time. So there was a standing order for Rebecca that before she got out of bed, she had to brush her teeth. And well, you know, right when she got up. And one of her favorite things is when she heard me get up, I'd be in the recliner, kick back with a cup of coffee. And she would wake up all sleepy with this long hair and she'd be rubbing her eyes and in her little nightgown, just as cute as can be, right? And so anyway, she comes and she sits down in the chair with me. She like snuggles up to me. Greatest thing in the world, right? Greatest thing in the world. And I was like, good morning, sweetheart. She looks at me, she's like, good morning, dad. And just, ugh. And I was like, did you brush your teeth? Yes. I said, Rebecca? Yes, I did. I was like, Rebecca. She goes, dad, I did. I said, Rebecca, I can smell your breath and tell. And she just dies laughing. She goes, dad, only dogs and horses have tails. I don't have a tail. Right, I mean, right? Okay, if you didn't understand that, have somebody intelligent explain it to you. Because I thought that was going to be the hit of the deal. It wasn't. I'm leaving. No, not really. Not really. So anyway, two weeks, man, we we were throwing stuff away, getting ready to move to Colorado to start a cowboy ministry. And it was just kind of a magical time. And then we got a phone call. Sorry to have to tell you this, but they've awarded Rebecca back to her dad. I was like, what? I said, he didn't duff. He didn't take any of the classes. He didn't do anything. I said, well, you know, he was just, come to find out, 
you know, he got this girl pregnant and he had to move to like West Virginia or Virginia or somewhere over there on the East Coast. And being absent isn't a valid reason for relinquishing rights. And my heart just saying, e even right now, my heart is just thinking about it. Because you see, that poor little girl had been moved around so much. She told me one time, Dad, when are they going to come get me? I said, they're not. She goes, they always come and get me. I said, ours. I bawled like a baby when that little four-year-old girl drove off in that government issue car. I ever saw Rebecca was her face as she's turned around in the back seat reaching for me. Horrible. Horrible situation, right? But you know what? Loss is inevitable. Loss suffering is not. And that's what we're going to be talking about today is the inevitable choices because a lot of things in life are inevitable. It, it's, it, I don't want to say, you know, like guaranteed because there's so many different things that can happen, but loss in whatever form it comes and suffering is not. Because you see, I think the way that we self-inflict suffering, no matter what the loss is, is we suffer when we let the loss define us. And isn't it easy whenever you deal with loss is to start like one. You know, I just, you know, God took her away because I'm, I wouldn't have been a good parent. And, you know, there's all these things that we can allow loss to define us. But we don't have to let it define us because sometimes it's just out of our control. Sometimes it's stupid court systems. Sometimes it just hurts, and sometimes life just stinks, man. Loss is, but suffering is not. We suffer when we let loss define us, change who we think we are, usually in a negative sense, because, I mean, loss is kind of negative. But we also suffer when we allow the loss to consume us. And, you know, I read a deal one time by a very, very, very prominent author and psychologist that said, even in the event of the most tragic situations, um, the shock, stuff that you can't anything after self, anything after seven minutes is self-inflicted. Because it consumes us. That's all we can think about. And when it's all we can think about, we say we can't help it. But you, you know what? You, you, you can help it. And you can be sad without it letting con consume you. And we suffer when we allow the loss to control us. Listen. He gave you... There's two great gifts that God gave each and every one of us. Number one, son, who was sacrificed on a cross for the forgiveness that no, no longer would any sacrifice be necessary. And by his blood, we are made perfect where we can come into the fellowship of God for all. Right? That's the first great gift. The second great gift is he gave us. And a lot of times, how could a loving God let this happen? Well, I, I guess you can say he let it happen. But the same free will that somebody does something heinous, that same free will does amazing things. Like when people run into burning buildings, when firefighters rushed in Trade Center, giving up their own lives. Free will 
It's just like anything you used for greatness, or it can be used for calamity. But God gave us free will, so therefore, nothing can control us. Now, we can, unfortunately, we can let it define us. Unfortunately, we can let it consume us. And I guess we can let it control us, but we don't have to. There's a difference in being sad and bawling your eyes out when, you know, a little girl that you thought was going to be in your life the rest of your life. I could have let it define me. I could have let it consume me. And I could control me. But I didn't. And I'm not saying that it was easy. By any means. By any means. But you know, in Proverbs 24, 16. Proverbs 24, 16. It says, for though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. See, rises. Staying down is a choice. Which one are you going to do? Are you going to do? Though the righteous, for though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again, but the wicked stumble and stay down when calamity strikes. Man, that's, that's powerful. That's powerful. We all have, listen, I hate to say it, I, and, I'm, and I'm not trying to be the bearer of bad news. I'm trying to prepare you for when that bad news comes, that loss, loss is inevitable, but suffering is not. You know, even Jesus in the Beatitudes says, blessed those who mourn for they will be comforted. I'm not saying that we don't mourn when there's a loss. Of course we do. But mourning and suffering are different things. Mourning can lead to healing. Suffering does everlasting damage to us. You see, we had a little Australian shepherd with a deformed tail. It was like a Z. So, and Ziggy was the coolest dog ever made. I mean, like from day one, you know, he never messed in the house, and, like, he always came when you called him. I mean, it, he was just a cool dog. He was always excited to see wanted to go. I mean, like, I had to basically, like, crawl in my truck through the window so that he didn't jump in every single time I opened the door, ready to leave. And uh, I was taking some trash because, you know, it, nearly every ranch has a burn pit somewhere. And so, anyway, I was taking a bunch of trash because it's, I mean, it is, like, day before, before I'm leaving, the day before my family's leaving, and we'd given away all the cow dogs. I had a Catahoula, I had a Black Mouth Cur, I had a, my daughter had a Blue Healer. We gave away all of the dogs except Ziggy. And I go to get in the truck. I had a crew cab Ford at the time, and Ziggy did exactly what he does every time I open the truck door. He jumps in the front seat, jumps to the back seat so he can go back and forth and look out the back window. And so anyway, I, you know, I open the door, Ziggy jumps in, and I holler as like, Ziggy's going with me, the door, and I drive, and I had to go through a couple of gates to get to the burn pit, and had a bunch of horses in the horse pasture, which you have to go through. I opened up the gate, and I'm pulling through, and, you know, the horses, like sacks in the back, well, guess what they think? Buffet is here, right? So here they come, brr, 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 brr. I'm like, oh, crap, they're going to pull, you know how a horse is, going to pull everything out, and I'm going to have to pick up more trash and everything. So I jump out, and I you know, run over there because I'd pulled forward, and I, I latch the gate up, and here comes these horses, and now, I mean, they're real close. I'm not going to be able to keep it from happening. 
and standing back there with me, and he's barking at these horses coming up, right? I was like, Ziggy, go get in the truck. So, you know, he went over there, and he jumped in the front and jumped in the back. And I went, and I was like, hey, y'all get out of here. You know, I can't catch them with a halter, but I can't shoo them off with a 12-gauge, you know, when I don't have a halter. So, word of the wise, carry a halter with you. So, anyway, I get, I get in my truck, and I shut the door, and I look in the rearview mirror, just as this horse is reaching, and he's fixing to pull this bag of trash out. And I was like, uh-uh, put it, what? I looked in the rearview mirror, and there's Ziggy on the ground. I remember, and I watched him go over there to the open driver's side door and lean down. But I was making sure he got in, and he crouched down to jump up in there. And it was no big deal to jump in the truck and Ziggy not be there because he's behind you. My heart fell. Absolutely crushed me. And I got out, and I ran back there, and I picked him up, and he wasn't dead yet. And I held him right to my face, Arlene, because he's hurting so bad. I said, Ziggy, just go, boy. Just go. And he did. He did. You know, death is inevitable. Unless Jesus comes back, every single one of us in this room will experience the death of a loved one, and your loved ones will experience your death. Death is inevitable. But life, life is a choice. Back in my pickup. And I got in that truck and I slammed the door and I beat my knuckle in wheel. Boy. Taking away my dog. But I'll be damned if I'm going to let you stop me from doing what God has called me to do. And here we are 10 years later. People say, oh, I wish I could do something like that. No, you don't. No, you don't. But if you do, and for every, the devil's over here trying to take stuff away from, steal our joy, it's inevitable. But life is a choice. To see, I'm not very good at many things. I'm okay at a lot of things, but I'm not very good at many things. But one thing that I've always been good at, no matter what, no matter how, Always been pretty good at the other. Trying to move forward, regardless of the situation, and sometimes it seems like do it. Death choice. And when we're thinking about death, you know, I, I can't help but maybe generalize. And, and I could be there's a single person here that I could imagine saying, you know, when I die, I want it to ruin your life. I want you consumed by my death, and I want you to lose everything due to the addictions that will you, you, will, you will use to cope with my death. That is what I want out of my life. a single person in here. As a matter of fact, I well, I can't guarantee, but maybe the front rows would probably say, hey, when I die, just roll me off into a ditch, cover me up, and go eat some Mexican food, right? Uh, yeah, cows got to eat. We don't care. And I said, I'm not speaking for everybody, but I don't want my his life by any means. But I don't want y'all to roll me into a ditch. I want to be put in an old west wagon, set on fire with an arrow, and pushed down a hill towards a canyon and take bets on how much air I get. <laughs> you don't have to. 
I've died. I've gone there. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, that's, uh, and, and I will call it the Nitro Circus Viking Cowboy Funeral. It'll be a time for celebration, right? But death is inevitable, but life is a choice. And I, and I promise you, death is a lot easier than living because you only die once. But you have to make a choice every single day. But you know what? When I say to choose life, Living doesn't mean that you forget. It means the greatest thing you can do after the death, and then it doesn't worse or a spouse, whatever. And, I, and I'm, not, I'm not making like pain whatsoever. But the greatest thing that you can do is go on living. And living doesn't mean that you've forgotten what happened. It means you remember it. Living, you're not dead. You're honoring them. Somebody asked me one time, we had a little... Uh, deal for Save the Cowboy, kind of a leadership meeting. And I thought I was being pretty clever, but the guy didn't like it. He's like, what's going to happen to you after Save the Cowboy? You know, what's going to happen to Save the Cowboy if something happens to you? I was like, I don't care. I'll be with Jesus. Y'all just want to. But that, that's not true. One of the greatest, like, I don't want to say active fear, but when I'm gone, if Save the Cowboy dies, I think it would be all for nothing because it's not about me. It's about Jesus. It's about feeding people. It's about serving. It's about communities coming together, living for, for one purpose, the man and mission of Jesus Christ. Living doesn't mean you disrespect and honor them. Death is inevitable, but life is a choice. Living, harder than dying. I mean, you know, time said or heard someone like, I would die for my... Well, of course you would. But if you die for them, why don't you live? Because dying is easy. Living, especially in times of loss. Because you know what? Loss is inevitable. But suffering is inevitable. But life is a choice. And in Deuteronomy 30, verses 19 and 20... Moses says this in some of his last words ever spoken, Deuteronomy 30, 19, and 20. As today I've given you a choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice of life so that you and your descendants might live. Make this choice. Listen close. Make this choice by loving the Lord your God and committing yourself firmly to Him. This is the key to your life. Yes, loss is inevitable. Suffering is a choice. Yes, death is inevitable. But living is. What about this? Not a lot of people know that. And... And um, everything's okay. Everything's okay. I, I didn't tell a lot of people, and some people took it upon themselves to tell the entire community about it. But I, I forgive that. But you know, I, I, and I know you mean what, but I don't need your sympathy either. I don't need your sympathy. If you want to do something for me, grow closer to God. You want to do something. Because of this, I will choose to go on living. 
I don't want to be reminded but by what's ahead. It was one of the hardest choices we made, and that choice. We made that choice. <laughs> Despite what I think some people think, sometimes there is no preacher pass. I am not immune to problems that, that this world creates, and, and I'm, not, I'm not immune to sin, although it is love me. There's no such thing for a preacher pass as a preacher pass. Final hearing. At the very end, the judge said, Guys, I want to talk to you all about something before I... And he said, I want to commend you all. He said, I've never met you, but there's not a shadow of a doubt in my mind that they are in some of the best hands that this world has ever created. Because you see, we didn't fight over anything. We had everything worked out on parenting plans, on visitation plans, on child support. We had everything worked out fight about anything. And that judge says, I may see this one in 500 divorces because most of the time people used to leverage. He said, I don't see any of that. And he said, I take my hat off to y'all. It'd be a crazy difficult time and transition for both of you. I feel confident in saying that your children are in good hands. You see, change, change is inevitable. How you deal with it is a choice. Change is inevitable. How you deal with it is a choice. You know, I think that some of the most miserable people are those that cannot ad adapt to a sudden life change. And change is inevitable. Change is inevitable. You know? I didn't lose a wife after 17 years of being together. God allowed me to spend the last 17 years with one of his greatest creations. And that's our youngest in China. When he had his back surgery, he had a spinal deformity. Doctor, he goes, when are we going to do the surgery? I said, it's that bad, honey. He said, if we don't, he'll be paralyzed or worse. Where it's pinching on his spinal cord, it could shut down his kidneys and his liver, and there won't be anything that we can do about that. You know what? That marriage that I had, we and that makes it all worth it. It doesn't make it easier, but it makes it all worth it. See, it, it's all about attitude and perspective. Because I think change is an excellent revealer of what lies beneath a man. You, you want to see inside of see how change, especially changing change. That was profound, was it not? Romans 8, 28. Romans 8, 20. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes for them. God didn't divorce. God didn't even cause the problems. God didn't have anything to do with it. But just because doesn't mean that he can't use it. His omnipotence and his omnipotence knew what was starting. I've used a marriage. Save a young man, teen, in a communist country. It's the chance at so much more of life in America. And you know what that makes? It doesn't make the change any easier. But we know that God thing to work together for the good of those who love God and are called purposes for them. 
You see, because we, we, cannot, we cannot control death, control change. In other words, loss, death, and change are inevitable. But we can respond with moving forward, choosing life, and accepting the change. I'll leave you now, favorite author, which inspiration for this message? Everything you love will one day be lost. This is what makes life meaningful. Every day that passes, you are one day closer to dying. And with that finite amount of time, you must choose. You must value one another, a relationship over work, a friendship over money, a new saddle over retirement. Don't run away from loss. Because it's matched only by the intensity of your life. And every loss is a reminder that this moment and the next and the next are each unique and special and not to be taken for granted no matter what. Let me read that last part again. Because the, you know, don't run away from loss. Do not try to prevent it because loss is matched only by the intensity of your life. And every loss moment the next and the next are each unique and special and not to be taken for granted no matter what. No matter what. Let's go to God in prayer. Father cannot lose are your love and your sacrifice and your forgiveness. Impress upon our hearts the need for you and that everything we need are found by writing for you and your brand. We ask that you'll kind of let it go, turn an eye, and help us to have more faith. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.